0: Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here along with Sin City, Steve. And this is Sin City and Michaels talking wrestling. And on today's show, we're going to talk AEW, New Japan Wrestling, Forbidden Door Pay-Per-View selling out. Roman Reigns possibly heading to Hollywood. And is there more AEW on tap for the Warner Discovery platforms? But first, we're going to start with the WWE Draft. Now, Ringside News has reported this week that WWE is planning the 2022 WWE Draft for September of this year, and like anything else in WWE world, that could potentially uh, change, but with already having Unified Champion and other talent showing up on both Raw and SmackDown, on an on and off basis, is the WW draft still relevant?
1: Yeah, hell yeah, it's relevant. Um, I, I think that the biggest thing to keep in mind is the exclusivity agreements between these networks. Um, you know, they, they definitely account for certain things. Uh, Fox certainly wants Roman Reigns and the bloodline. You got to figure USA wants Edge and, you know, various other people on Raw. So, if nothing else, it definitely is relevant for the exclusive members of that roster. Now, obviously, they love to muddy the water and they love to shift people around from show to show. But, uh, yeah, these networks are paying millions of dollars for specific people on the show.
0: But you got to figure if you have talent like Edge and like AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Riddle, I mean... These guys should be showing up on both shows. And that's my problem with this. Back in the days when SmackDown first started, you saw The Rock, you saw Austin, you saw Triple H, you saw Mick Foley. All these guys showed up on both shows. And there wasn't a brand split. Split. The brand split, I think, has essentially kind of weakened um, both shows. Instead of having your best talent on both shows... Now you're stretching your rosters and you're seeing guys come up in potential gimmicks that really just are not as strong as what you could be seeing. And so I don't necessarily uh, agree on the fact that because these companies want these guys, that means that they should be potentially kept off of the other show. Because in the end, wouldn't you figure that both shows having this certain talent becomes beneficial to both companies on the television markets. And uh, that's something that we're going to have to wait and see in September to see what actually happens with the WWE draft moving on. Yeah,
1: definitely, man. So AEW has announced both of the brackets for the Owen Hart foundation Memorial cup tournament. Um, and yeah, definitely very interesting stuff, but in there, in each bracket is a joker entrant. That is going to be a surprise mystery competitor. Um, and realistically, the speculation's been all over the place as far as you know who it could be. Michaels, why don't you tell me, who do you think is the joker in each of those brackets, and who do you have winning the whole thing?
0: So I think that when it comes to the women's bracket, I think that... Actually, I'm going to go on a limb now and say that we're going to see... Deanna Perazzo show up. Ooh. I think maybe they're going to give her an opportunity after screwing her with the ROH title. So that's, that's my, uh, surprise entrance, uh, on the men's side. Uh, I really hope that it's not Johnny Gargano, uh, showing up, uh, but there's a good chance it is. But Cesaro is, I think, uh, one of the favorites, it would be stupid because Joe beating Cesaro, but whatever, that seems to be the way going. Uh, in terms of winning it, uh, I really – I'm going to take a, a shot and say Dax Wheeler wins on the men's side. And on the women's side, I think, unfortunately, uh, the person I just dislike uh, right now is Britt Baker, and I think they got to cozy up to Britt.
1: No oh, man, come on. Yeah, it, I, I think that both of the Jokers are going to be from the same family, my friend. I think that we're going to have both Johnny – and Candice Gargano as your Joker's um, winning the tournaments. Though I think you've got Tony Storm and Adam Cole, Bebe winning them. Um, now, obviously, there are a lot of really intriguing matchups that that will unfold in those tournaments. Um, we could see, you know, a redux of a lot of NXT 1.0 matches, but who knows what'll happen? We just gotta stay tuned.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's something that we're uh, leading up to here with having to stay tuned because a lot of this stuff is uh, speculation on the uh, the Internet side. Uh, You know, it just you can't get away from it. Right. Uh, This week, while uh, speaking to Lucha Libre online, Eric Bischoff stated that he believes WWE has become too big to have proper competition. Quote, if you talk about real competition, you have to define what that competition is. If you are just talking about competition in terms of revenues, good luck with that. WWE has such a head start, the company is so far up front, any new emerging company would take a generation to really catch up to the brand And uh, if you talk about distribution of the product, the footprint of the brand, that too, uh, you know, it can happen, but it would definitely take a lot of time. The truth is, I got competitive with the WWE when it was WWF, and although they were clearly out in front of WCW at the time, they weren't so big that they were not vulnerable, and now they become so big that while they still may be vulnerable... It's going to take a hell of an effort to make them realize you're there. Now, based on Bischoff's assessment, do you agree?
1: I'll tell you what, man. So I'd love to easily just say, oh, yeah, Eric Bischoff's completely off base with this. Um, But at the end of the day, yeah, they definitely do have a huge head start. WWE is known as the professional wrestling company slash sports entertainment company in the world that's just how it is um, it's gonna take aew or any other company that chooses to consider themselves anywhere near the same vein as competition uh, to actually legitimately be competition to WWE uh, Aew has made great strides in the three years that they've been in existence um, you know doing doing crazy things that a lot of people would never have seen coming but uh, they got a long way to go to actually be competition with WWE
0: and when we're talking revenue, the one thing that I think is never really brought up with A.W. is that what is their revenues like? Because right now it just seems that it's Tony Khan's pocketbook. And for as much shit as Bischoff got as being the open pocketbook guy, that stuff was coming from Warner's you know, brass and Ted Turner liking wrestling. As soon as they saw that they didn't want a part of this, they cut that money off. And therefore, it was harder for Bischoff to compete. So overall, you have to really assume that right now, AEW shouldn't even be necessarily thinking about competing with them revenue-wise, but they have to be really competing with themselves to make money off of their product. And until that starts happening, how could you even possibly consider that they would give uh, WWE any kind of competition when it comes to revenue uh, streams. I just don't see that happening. And, um, you know, that, you know, that's something that unfortunately, uh, you know, it becomes an internet battle between, you know, people who love AEW and people who are defending WWE. Uh, with that being said, Steve?
1: Yeah, man. So, the rumor is AEW trios titles have been actually created. Uh, speculation is that AEW is holding back from announcing the new division until Kenny Omega is closer to returning. Well, will we see? Uh, will we see this announced at Double or Nothing, Michaels?
0: Uh, God, I hope not. Um, I think that trios titles uh, just is a fucking uh, horrible idea, especially for a company that seems to have a, an infatuation with just having stables and you know to me it's like break that shit apart don't give it more emphasis you know the trios titles worked once in the history of wrestling that was wccw the freebirds and the von erics that was it i've never felt that there's been any kind of trio titles that you could really say ever competed with that and thus, I don't think that's you know something we see on wrestling anymore because of the fact that it's really hard to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, ultimately, the thing is, I, I think that this is one area where AEW really can stylistically separate themselves from WWE and traditional American wrestling. Uh, in this respect, um, multi-man championship titles are commonplace in Japanese promotions, for instance. Um, where they have new Japan, where they have the never open weight uh, six man tag team championships. So I think that, you know, this is somewhere that they're taking a cue from and keep in mind all the trios that you have in AEW, you know, you've got the Blackpool combat club, you've got the undisputed elite hell. You can even say the, the young bucks and Omega and then uh, you know, Cole fish and O'Reilly you've got best friends. You've got the dark order. I think that they have enough stables and enough six-man or excuse me trios teams. Hell, why not just play into that and just let it ride, man?
0: Well, and I think Steve the one thing I have to take a, a you know, a disagreement with is the fact that this isn't Japan and I know that you guys love that Japanese style of wrestling, but that doesn't play to the overall American audience. And one of the reasons it doesn't play is because you spend then more time putting these trios in, in the forefront and you're already seeing this without belts. They're having problems establishing their own freaking, you know, heavyweight champion stars. And I think that's one of the things that they're going to have a problem with moving forward. If in fact they do go with those trios titles, Uh, Undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns broke character at Saturday's live event in Trenton, New Jersey. He thanked the fans, stated he's starting a new phase in his life, and said, quote, I honestly don't know if I'll be back here again. Now, WWE President Nick Khan recently told The Town Podcast that the company was helping Reigns to cross over into Hollywood. Steve, is it time for Roman to start moving into the film and TV business, or should he stay focused on what is arguably the best work of his wrestling career?
1: You know, the, the thing is, I think that, yes, he's on a run, unlike we've seen in the history of, of our lifetimes, uh, watching, you know, any major promotion. Um, I, it definitely rivals, uh, certain, you know, certain names in the business. It rivals, you know, San Martino and, you know, a lot of the, the, the vintage golden age wrestlers. But, uh, I think ultimately, yes, it's time for Roman Reigns to look at life beyond WWE. Um, and it, it, it's never too early to do that. I mean, he's six hundred and some odd days into his title reign, but the fact of the matter is, yes, he's doing the best work uh, of his career right now. But what what after this? He will have been to the mountaintop. He will have, you know, carved out his place up at, at the top of the mountain. I think he, you know, has a chance to go down as one of the goats if they continue down this path. And I can't believe I just said that about Roman Reigns.
0: Well, and uh, my problem is is that. I look at uh, John Cena, and John, uh, you know, he hits 40 years old, and he still has the passion for doing it. All these opportunities were coming to him from Hollywood. He was starting to take more opportunities, and it became the right time for him to essentially go with those because it was just too overwhelming. But at this point, Roman has had one opportunity, and that's because The Rock was in Hobbs and Shaw. And so my feeling is if you can still do it, if you can do it on this level, if you are like he is and not really putting your body through as much because he doesn't do all these crazy dives, he doesn't do all this work that most wrestlers today um, like to do because it looks impressive. He's still got a run that could probably go another three years easy. Now, does that mean you have to be the champion? No, but at the same time, If he walks away from it now, I think he's walking away from the thing he truly loves to do and that's pro wrestling. And is that the right thing to do? um, If you still haven't got those full opportunities yet.
1: Yeah. And now speaking of opportunities, not too many people had an opportunity to pick up AEW and new Japan forbidden door tickets. If you were not part of the presale, why Because 11,200 tickets sold during the pre-sale event, leaving only about 2,000 tickets. Yeah. And they sold those within the first 20 minutes uh, of the actual legit on sale, Um, the the, the general on sale time, which is absolutely insane. Um, The United Center is not a small building, um, so for them to sell out the United center in under an hour combined between the pre-sale and on the general on sale. This event needs to not just be a one-time thing. This needs to be a yearly event in a larger venue. Michael's tell me that I'm, that I'm off base because I know that you're going to throw in some caveats. What are you thinking about this, this on sale?
0: So you are off base. I'm glad that you like my caveats. Um, Uh, a couple things. One, uh, if this was just a regular AEW pay-per-view, it would have probably sold out in Chicago, but, uh, it would have taken a little bit more time. Uh, this is specialized, right? This is like, you know, doing the first, uh, you know, forbidden door, you know, thing back when Cody was doing it and, and everyone joined in, uh, for the, the first, uh, whatever the hell that's all in, uh, the, the problem is, is if you keep repeating this formula, it's not going to work. Um, smart to go to Chicago. OK, you know, putting CM Punk on that show. Very smart. But the problem is, is that uh, outside of Chicago, New York and uh, maybe L.A., uh, you know, Philly, Boston, possibly. Where are you going to sell this show um, to your New Japan? You know, y- you can't do it in uh, in oklahoma
1: yeah i i'll tell you man i don't i don't think that they're talking about doing this show at a venue in oklahoma or you know in the middle of nowhere Uh, i could see them doing this one time a year and doing it in those markets that you already mentioned you just mentioned five cities that's that's forbidden door shows for the next five years you do one in la you do one in new york you do one in philly shit you do one here in vegas fuck it I mean, right there, you've you've just set a great business path for them for the next five years. Thank you, Matt Michaels.
0: Well, and, you know, uh, if they want to do that and they want to try it, uh, I'm I'm more than happy to go upon your theory and to see them do bigger and bigger buildings, uh, because that is the crutch that killed companies like WCW. So, you know, stick to your bread and butter, uh, but you don't want to keep slathering on more butter when it's already buttered toast. Right. There you go. Um, (laughs) Better butter. So a very happy Mother's Day to Lacey Evans. As we know, she left the WWE to have her second child. But now she's back and her previous Southern Belle gimmick is gone. Her new character has been set up over the past three weeks with vignettes of her telling her life story. On this past Friday, SmackDown, we got a glimpse of her new look. And uh, she's a tough Marine character now based on her incredible life story. Now, John Cena used his Marine character from the movie of the same name to become a fan favorite and role model for over a decade. Steve, will Lacey's new identity resonate with the fans just like Cena's did?
1: You know, I, I think that she definitely has the opportunity to resonate I think that they've done a great job setting her up for success it all it all depends on how much she takes the ball and runs with it from here um, I think that she definitely can can cut promos extremely well um, she's she's good in the ring um, so I don't see why she should have any problems with this um, realistically I, I don't know if it'll resonate to the degree that Cena's did. Because I think that Cena, you, you caught lightning in a bottle with John Cena. Um, he was at a time where you didn't have a, a, a character that would appeal to the young audience that they were trying to manufacture. Um, and quite frankly, he was extremely marketable, still is extremely marketable. Not saying that Lacey Evans is not, but uh, you know, when you make t-shirts in every color of the rainbow, you got nine shirts right there to sell point blank as opposed to what a camo shirt and, you know, get that stuff going. I'm all in favor, but seen as lightning in a bottle, bro.
0: Well, you know, uh, one of the things that y- it's funny that you brought up, uh, the catching the younger eye and the younger demographic and by God, uh, one way not to do that is to make your character a Southern bell from the fucking gone with the wind age. And I think if Thanks, anything, man. Uh I'm so glad that they just scrapped that bullshit because it didn't fit anything she was doing in the ring. It was one of the worst fucking gimmicks and she still got over based off of her talent. So it's exciting to see this new persona. I think too incorporating the fact that and this is something you didn't touch on, she's an actual Marine. Yes, exactly. So being an actual hero should sell very well to uh, the fan base and give a role model. Sino is a role model for young boys to look up to. This is a role model potentially for young women to look up to as well. And to me, that's very exciting because why wouldn't we want to see more role models for young women?
1: Without a doubt. And so obviously we're going to see how Lacey Evans does uh, with this new gimmick. But uh, somebody that we're actually seeing develop right before our eyes is Wheeler Yuta. Um, Yuta is actually uh, the latest member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, he obviously left from the best friend stable and uh, decided that he wanted to focus on being the best wrestler that he could, as opposed to being the best friend that he could. Uh, his words from a promo. And uh, he's so far, they've definitely strapped the rocket to his back. Yuta has won the ROH Pure Championship, and now he will be competing at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors Tournament, um, choosing to compete in the round robin tournament, uh, which is a multi day event, over competing at double or nothing. Um, what do you think of this move for Yuta's career? What do you think we can see from him? Um, and I am genuinely curious as to you know how how you feel that he's uh, matured right before our
0: eyes. So I think we have uh, two different things here. One, first of all, he's doing wonderfully. I think as far as a young wrestler goes, he really is showing that he at least has the skills to get the opportunity to then make it work. Um, But one of my biggest problems here is how is a company, are you allowing a guy that you're trying to build into a star not perform on your you have four pay-per-views or five pay-per-views in a year what are you doing aew you're letting them go to japan what fucking fan base are you trying to build the united states or japan makes no sense to me
1: i'll tell you man it it's it's really interesting that that you would bring that up i understand your point but at the end of the day he is going to be taking that ring of honor pure championship to japan he will be wearing it to ringside. Um, so obviously he's going to be advertising the ring of honor brand. Um, he's going to be doing some great matches um, with, you know, he's in the, the a block. So he's in the same block as, you know, um, Takahashi, uh, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Taiji Ishimori, Show and Yo, uh, he's going to be putting on some bangers. And then uh, if he gets far enough
0: into the tournament, who knows? Uh, he could win the whole damn thing. But with Ace Austin, it makes sense because he's with a company that in the States is on a a cable networks that, you know, basically people don't have. Um, And so getting exposure over there works. The problem is, to me, is that even though that's great competition for him, uh, your fan base who is tuning in, who don't watch New Japan Wrestling, now you have to, you know... (laughs) You have a person who is a kid who likes Wheeler Yuta because he's seen him now do all these things. But, Mom, where is he? Oh, he's uh, – I don't know. He's not on this show. You know, like, I don't know. To me, it just kind of is – if you're trying to – if you sent someone over like Chris Jericho, fine. But you're sending one of your young kids over and you're having a problem trying to uh, – Build it anyway. I I don't know. It just does not speak to me as of right now. Uh, Speaking on Raw Talk, Jerry Lawler mentioned that he preferred Elias's appearance back when he supported a beard. Quote, let's face it. I don't know what his plan was because he, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, looked so much better with the beard. Without the beard, it looks like his neck threw up. I mean, he's got to be the ugliest guy in the WWE right now, said Lawler. Of course, Lawler was in his heel character when he basically said Ezekiel and Elias are the same person. But putting storylines aside, should Jeffrey, Daniel, Sculio (laughs) Siulio, you got me on the pronunciation. Uh, You know, Elias and Ezekiel. Uh, Should he get more credit for taking two separate gimmicks and getting them both over as both a heel and a baby face?
1: Dude, I don't know what you're talking about. They're two separate people. (laughs) No, in all seriousness though, I I think that they've, they've done a lot of really, really good things. And I think that this kind of ties in with what I had mentioned earlier with Lacey Evans. Um, They've set him up for success, um, I think that he took something that could be thrown away and quite frankly was the very first night that Ezekiel came out. A lot of people shit canned it. A lot of people were like, all right, whatever, this is fucking stupid. But then the th- he sold it. He has absolutely sold the gimmick. And yeah, I think that you're going to have those new fans that, Maybe we're not watching when, uh, you know, the whole walk with Elias thing was a thing, and now, hey man, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna speak with Zeke. I guess.
0: Well, and in, in what is fascinating about uh, the idea of what he's done is what we kind of forget is that Elias was so popular, they released EPs like he has actual music out there, yeah. which is just fascinating. But at the same time, what we what we what we tend to have forgotten is that Elias actually buried Elias. Right. You know, on promos. So it's it's fascinating. Um, I just find it hysterical, too, that Jerry Lawler uh, just came up with, you know, this that he must be the ugliest, ugliest guy in all of WWE. His neck threw up. Oh my God! You know it goes to show that. Uh, and and by the way, on Raw, uh, we got a little bit more Lawler because Graves was out. So um, as much as. Uh He is an old, old, old timer now and a Hall of Famer. Uh, It's so great to see him show up and and to do things like this on these, uh, you know, after Raw's and pre-shows. He's still gold. And Elias is too. I can't wait to see what Ezekiel does now uh, in the future.
1: Yeah. And speaking of the future, well, we were talking about uh, AEW's future on Warner Media Network's It doesn't look like as if they want fewer programs. It looks like they want more. Um, It's crazy. There is actually a greenlit backstage reality type show, uh, recurring show uh, on the docket, and even possible names have been released. Um, Now, of course, um, originally, Roads to the Top had been signed on for a second season prior to Disney or Discovery, excuse me, being involved. Um, Obviously, Cody and Brandy Rhodes leaving the company, um, that's now obviously canceled. Uh, Time slots still needed to be filled, though, and they needed to find some programming. So some some of the choices of the names, Michaels, AEW to the top, AEW fight to the finish, AEW all access, AEW breakout, AEW uprise, AEW the climb, AEW to the mat, and many, many more random phrases. Uh, any, any, anything to say about these wonderful,
0: wonderful phrases? Uh, it's a shame that uh, they're not going to be using uh, most of them. Because, no. uh, <laughs> you know, and it's funny, too. Um, the way that this is being uh, attacked is, uh, hey uh wrote to the top uh you know brandy and, and and cody they're gone so uh we have this slot open well really you're not creating more programming you're actually just making another reality show you know what i'm like you're replacing one with the other so in, in all honesty um as much as it's being uh said that there will be more spots uh at the other hand, we're seeing that uh, new programming is uh, original programming is being slashed uh, by this new company. They are fifty five billion dollars in debt. So I don't know. I don't know what they can do to to, you know, put on more program.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's really crazy um, that, you know, the fifty five, the fifty five billion dollars in debt. That's insane. Um, but realistically, I think that it ends up boding well for the company that they haven't already come out in, uh, you know, in disapproval of this, or they haven't come out and said that, Hey, this, this isn't going to be green lit. We're not going to do this anymore. So, uh, at least they haven't, uh, got the, uh, the hostile type of a stance against them yet,
0: yet. And that's the big question. The the word, the keyword is yet, and we'll see what happens. But um, you know, I, I am just not confident. Being around production and being around Hollywood, and ha- I worked on a pilot for the Ten Thousand Dollar Pyramid back in two thousand and ten. Andy Richter was the host. Okay. Wow. Um, and it was going to be fabulous and it was going to be uh, CBS was the, the network that was going to potentially grab it. And then Les Moonvez, uh, the president uh, at the time of the network. Uh, he had uh, a wife, uh, Lisa Ling who uh, she decided she wanted to do a talk show to rival the view. And thus pyramid got tossed and lo and behold, years later, pyramid comes back, goes to ABC is a really successful, you know, game show that is, you know, uh, about 10 weeks every year or so. And um, that's how quick. And if someone changes their mind in that company, AEW is going to be in trouble. So I don't trust Hollywood at all when it comes to interfering. And that's what I've said from the beginning with AEW and hopefully it doesn't come true. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, any final words as we, uh, bid adieu to the, uh, listeners today?
1: Without a doubt. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, every time that we go live, we appreciate each and every single one of you guys, um, thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing all the shit that you guys do. We appreciate you also repsports.com, uh, R E P P sports.com use promo code Vegas at checkout, save yourself 15%. But the most important thing, thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're on lands, foreign or domestic, thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, everyone, uh, yeah. It's it's getting hot here in Vegas, Um, so everyone's going to be getting a little more uh, crazy. So Mm -hmm. uh, keep your cool, everyone. Mean that in two different ways. And, uh, you know, don't do anything uh, that is uh, uh, too rash uh, because um, there's just so much crazy shit going on right now that, um, you know, the the last thing we need is people uh, starting to feel the heat and uh going a little bit crazy but uh otherwise uh we hope you guys uh had a, a wonderful rest of your week uh and uh we'll be uh seeing you guys again uh next week the biggest bad boys of podcasting